yeah, 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 yeah. Say the word. I want to be born again. When it comes down to it, that's what we want for each and every one of them. We, we want them to be born again. You know what the best role is in the servanthood of Christ? It's being a utility player. Wherever you need it, you just fill in the role you need it. If, if somebody's not on the door, you just get on the door. Wherever somebody's needed, you be a utility player. We got, a, we got quite a few utility players around here. They just, you just stand up. <clears throat> Deacon Hall and I were having a conversation yesterday about him being a utility player yesterday. Yeah, he was helping me get things together, as he always does, before this funeral. And uh, we didn't have anybody designated to do the, the reading of the scripture, and so he was preparing to do that. And then I said, I think you probably need to go up in the choir. <laughs> so in the end, he didn't read any scripture. He went up in the choir, and Mason happened to be walking along at the wrong time. And I said, I need you in the booth. He said, I don't know what to do. I said, just point and push. And he did it. Now he can add point and push to his resume. That's how it is. Wherever you need it, you think about it now. That's what you want to tell the Lord. Wherever you need me, I'll do it. I don't have any preconceived notions of grandeur. I don't have to sit high or anything like that. I don't have to do any of it. Just tell me what you want me to do, Lord. And I'm, 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 I'm ready to go work for you. That ought to be your prayer because you'll get a blessing out of it. We got a blessing out of people just stepping up yesterday, and I, I'm thankful for that. Thank you so much. Uh, we uh, have been in this sermon series entitled The Summer in the Psalms. The Summer in the Psalms. I've been amazed at how many I've been riding around town seeing billboards around on churches, different preachers preaching summer in the Psalms. Uh, I don't know if they're doing it. We started in June, and uh, we'll probably go to the end of July with ours, and, and then we'll make a turn. I don't know how long they've been doing theirs, but it's been a blessing for me to be studying the Psalms this month. I hope it's been helpful to you. We started out with uh, Psalm 23, and we talked to you about surely, surely, what would make what would make David be able to be proclaim surely goodness and mercy would follow him all the days of his life. And then we went to Psalm 11, and we asked the question: What happens when the foundations in our community are destroyed? What are we supposed to do under those circumstances? And then we went to 103, and we reminded you from Psalm 103 to forget not his benefits toward us, toward us. And then in 41, we, we went to, you raised me up, Lord. You raised me up. And then in 34, last time we met, we talked about taste and see. Taste and see, taste and see. And today I want to go to another, another rock star psalm. Some psalms get more attention than others. Psalms seem to speak more into our lives at different points. But the truth of the matter is they're all beneficial to us. You just might not have lived to the point where one psalm is for you yet. Just keep reading it and studying it, and, and it may become the psalm that you love the most. But today I want you to turn to Psalm 73. Psalm 73. It's a doozy of a, of a psalm. It talks to us about some very real life stuff. Very real life stuff. <clears throat> my, uh, my, my Bible, which is a study Bible, study Bible gives you a lot of helps, a lot of commentary on it, on the uh, passages of scripture that you're reading. And my Bible says, as a, as a subheading for Psalm 73, that it is a psalm which talks about the mystery of prosperous wickedness. The mystery of prosperous wickedness. Think about that now. Psalm of Asaph. Asaph is a 
was a leader of the choir. And if you don't know, the, the, the Psalms are the hymn book for the Israelites. They actually used to sing these songs, all of them. They'd sing them, and, and, and just like the songs we sing today, these songs seem to have more meaning than some of the ditties we sing today. That's not good for us. We all, always sing songs that are reverential and that encourage us in a particular way. Sometimes we don't, we don't do that. We just sing catchy songs. That's not any knock on us. That's just where we are in church. And I think we do a pretty good job with our song selection here in terms of making sure we're singing meaningful songs. But, but do you know that a song first must be in your heart? before it can come out of your mouth right. Yeah, you gotta pray over a song before it can minister to somebody and help somebody in their time of need. Psalm 73 goes for about 28 verses. I'm not gonna read all of them for you, but I do want you to, I do want you to go back and read it in its entirety when you get the chance, because I know it's gonna be encouraging to you. I will skim it for you and tell you the highlights. The psalm, the uh, verse that I want you to pay particular attention to is verse 17. Verse 17. I'm going to read it to you in the King James Version. Verse 17 of Psalm 73 says, Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I therein. Hmm. Let me see if I can give you a little bit more understanding if I read it from the Living Bible. The Living Bible in that same verse reads thus. Then one day I went into God's sanctuary to meditate and thought about the future of these evil men. Then one day I went into God's sanctuary to meditate and thought about the future of these evil men. Then one day, I went to church and meditated. And somewhere in that church experience, God gave me some information that I needed. How does Asaph get to this point? But let's go from verse 1 down to verse 17 so you get context and perspective. Asaph was a church musician, and, and he led the singing in the worship services. He ministered during the time of David and Solomon. He wrote this psalm, all right? And if you read the psalm correctly, you will pick up that Asaph as the choir director or musician, hear me now, got to a point in his work and ministry where he walked away from the church. Oh yeah, he said enough is enough. He actually left his job as a choir director. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's during this period when he was away from the church after he was meditating and trying to hear from God and find out exactly what was going on in his life, and that he came to some profound understanding of how God deals with situations and people. In fact, he went through uh, some things that people go through right now. People get, they come in full of fervor and excitement, and they're ready to work hard for the Lord, and they come in, and from day one, they're giving 100 to the Lord. They are burning it at both ends. And sometimes those people, if they don't modulate their service to the Lord, can reach a point of what we call burnout. Burnout can tear you up. And I can tell you there's no job in the church that is immune from burnout. There's no place in the church. The pulpit is not immune from experiencing burnout. The choir leaders certainly are not immune 
from experiencing burnout. You can get burnout sitting in the pews. Ushers are not immune from experiencing burnout. The question is, what do you do once the burnout starts? Look, look, look at this. Uh, Asaph said to me, he said, he said um, for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well not slipped. He said, because I found myself, look at what he was concentrating on. Starting at verse 3, he said, I was envious of the foolish. When I saw the prosperity of the wicked, for there were no bands in their death, no pains, they didn't suffer, but their strength is run. He said, they're not in trouble as other men are. Neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore, pride compasseth them about like a chain. Violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness. In other words, they eat so much, their eyes about to pop out of their head. They have more than heart could wish. More than heart could wish. They are corrupt and they speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily or pridefully. They set their mouth against God and things of God and their tongue walketh through the earth. We, they would just be the epitome of worldly folk. And he said, I look around at all these folk and I wonder how in the world do they keep on getting on and doing well and, and, and that's not happening for everybody. See, 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 what ASAP, you have to understand his context. ASAP was raised a good Hebrew boy. He was brought up with the understanding that if you do right, if you treat people right, if you do the things that God instructed you to do, then God will take care of you. In other words, don't we teach our young folk that if you do good, good will follow? Well, he grew up with that understanding, and he tried to live his life in such a manner that good was what he put out, and he fully expected that good was going to come in. And he thought that he was in the safest place he could be in the church. See, because the church, I don't know what you think this building represents, but this building represents the presence of God for us. In this sanctuary, we've gotten too familiar in how we deal with things in here. And I don't ever want you to get too familiar in this building. I don't ever want you to get too familiar in this sanctuary because you need to know that it's in this place that blessed things happen. It's in this place, in this sanctuary, that conversion happens. Heaven meets us in this place. And men whose lives have been wrecked on the seashore of life come in here and they get their ship right-sided and they can leave out of here and live a better life. Don't ever get too familiar. In fact, when I was growing up, see, we always kick tradition to the window. We do. There are some things that are traditional for a reason, and they need to stay that way. The uh, table that sits up here, the one that we call the Lord's Supper table, when I was growing up, you couldn't touch it. You, you couldn't touch it unless you were uh, a deacon or a minister. Only, and, and the theory behind that was only those who have been anointed or appointed for that job should be moving that. Now, while that sounds like it means nothing, it follows scripture. Because that, that, that table, in our sense, represented God's presence to its core, and it represented, to some extent, a, a, something similar to the Ark of the Covenant. And in the Bible, only those who had been ordained by God the, were allowed to touch the Ark of the Covenant. And now we'll come in and we'll lay on it. We'll put a baby on it and fix them up and we let them crawl all up under. And, and that's our fault because we don't teach. Don't do that. But I'm here to tell you, when I was growing up, you couldn't walk across the pulpit. You couldn't. You couldn't, you couldn't. We had pulpit furniture up there, and you couldn't walk across. Like, if it was the quickest way to get somewhere, you had to go the long way to get somewhere. You could not walk across because what's supposed to happen up here is supposed to be life-changing. And, 
and we don't want just commonality. Do you have sacred places in your house? Do you? Do you raise your children such that they can go anywhere in the house they want to go under any circumstances? Or do you have some places that they can't go? Now, you leave that alone. Leave that alone because children today think they have the run of everything. They'll be all up in your closet. <laughs> Better be careful going in mom and daddy's closet. <laughs> Better be careful. You learn something you didn't want to learn. Some things ought to just be off limits. Seriously, we ought to have we ought to have reverence, 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 reverence for the church. This place ought to be treated in a special way. You know it's true. You know there's a different feel when you come into this place than when you come into other places. You don't get the same feeling when you walk into your job that you get when you walk in here. I wonder if you have, any of you have ever had the special, special time to come into this sanctuary by yourself when there's nobody else in here, just you, and just sit down in one of the pews. And I guarantee you, if you sit here and you open your heart up, something will happen. It's not the thing that happens if you go sit in a movie theater. No, even though we watch movies in here. No, there's something special that happens in this sanctuary. When you enter City Hall, you don't get the same feeling you get when you enter this place right here. When you enter any other public building, you don't get the same feeling. This is a special place that has been designated for us to meet God. Think about it now. God has throughout the Bible told different people Watch where you are because the place you're standing on is holy. When Moses found God in a burning bush that wasn't consumed, one of the first things that God said to him after he scared him was when he said Moses. Moses looked around, nobody was there. And Moses, and Moses realized, realized that the voice was emanating from the bush that was burning but that was not consumed. And he said, Moses, take off your sandals. Now he was outside. He was in the desert, but he said, take off your sandals because the place you're on now is holy. Now, before Moses got there, it was just another place in the desert. But when Moses got there and God showed up, it changed the character of the place so that it became a holy place. And Moses had to give reverence to God for that. I'm, I'm begging you. I'm imploring you. Teach them. Let's teach our young folk to treat the sanctuary as a place of reverence. So if we treat it as a place of reverence, can I help the custodians? We don't leave gum in the sea. We don't leave food in the sea. We don't, mis we don't mistreat this place. We treat it like it's special. But, you know, if you treat everything as common, I, I remember when folk used, first got calls, you, couldn't, you didn't eat in them. You didn't. You didn't eat in them. And now everybody's car is a kitchen. Oh, it's a kitchen, because we eat in them all the time, on the go. That's why they got drive-ins, I mean, but, but so if you reduce everything to that, then everything becomes common, and I'm, and I'm asking you. But for Asaph, the church wasn't common. The church was holy. He went in there to meet the Lord and to minister to God's people, and for some reason, it lost its feeling. He couldn't, Reggie, he was playing the music, but it wasn't affecting him the way it used to. It, it was a bad situation for him, and, 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 and so he, he left. And I bet when he came in contact with people who were in the ministry, people who were in the congregation, he didn't get the same feeling he got before. Do you know it's a different thing when you, you run into somebody from church? God's people are unique people. And when you run into them, there's something different about them. We got people in here we disagree with, and we still love them. We still get along with them, you know. We vote different ways in different meetings we have. But when we come out, we still brother and sister, and we go on about our business. I stopped having business meetings when I came here in the sanctuary. We used to have business meetings in the sanctuary. And I said, we're not going to have any more business meetings in the sanctuary because sometimes we talk about contentious issues. 
And I don't want you to sit down in the sanctuary after we've talked about a contentious issue and remember that issue and that blocks you from having good fellowship with somebody. I don't want you to look over at me and say, Reverend didn't have to do that. So we go back in the fellowship hall. And that's where we take care of all the business. And when we come back in here, everything's going to be all right. If you've done right now, you can't carry stuff in your heart. No, 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 no. You can't, you can't do that. We might argue sometimes. We do. We do. It's all right. Sometimes we're just going to get disagreeable, and sometimes we're going to be emotional about those disagreements. And sometimes it's trivial. Sometimes it's very, very important. But there's a different way we approach church folk, members of our church congregation, than we approach other people. We share a common bond. That's the difference. You know that no matter how we disagree, we're still inextricably bound together. And that's not because of our name, that's because of whose name we come in. We all have the commonality of Jesus Christ. Yeah, it doesn't matter that I'm a Sparks and, 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 and you're you are a Maddox or, or, or you're a Jones or, or, or you're a Davenport. None of that is relevant. What, it, what all matters is I'm Jesus's. You belong to Jesus. It doesn't matter what, what, I, what I do secularly. I'm Jesus's son. I'm Jesus. I'm sorry, Jesus's brother. I belong to him. And you are my brother or my sister in Christ. We got to remember that. Ain't nobody who sit high, and, and so because they sit high, they can look low. Not in church. We all sit equal in church, and it doesn't matter. We might leave out of here, just like in the early church. They leave out of church service, and a master would go one way, and a servant would go another way. You had slaves and masters in the same congregation, but in Christ, they were equal. That's what we got when we deal with folk in the church, and somehow, somehow, Asaph had lost sight of that. There's also some unique activities. We've gotten We've gotten a little bit different in how we approach activities here at the church. We have. I try to be very mindful of the things that we do here that none bring discredit to the service of the Lord. Um, uh, I'm very selective. When we have dinner and a movie on the kinds of movies we have here at the church, I actually thought it would be good for the church congregation to see the movie Race about Jesse Owens, but I couldn't show Race in the sanctuary. If you've never seen it, while it's a good story, there are too many themes in Race that are too mature. There's profanity in Race, and everything just shouldn't be shown in church. No, no, and there's a whole body of good Christian movies that are out there that don't introduce us to those things, and I believe we can just stick with those. You can watch Race at the House, all right? But just don't emulate some of that stuff they got going on in there because it can create problems. And be careful what you let children see. If you let them see it, be able to talk them through and teach them about the things that are going on in that movie because they don't need to come to these conclusions by themselves. There's something unique about the activities that take place here at this church. Asaph had gotten upset because he said everything around here is just common. Think about it now. Only here in the church is where young folk and old folk can get together and be in fellowship together. They're not even in the same family biologically, and yet in a church, we can have somebody that's 70 and somebody that's 17 on the same committee. They can have equal voice in what's going on in church because we believe in parity. That's how we learn in the church. It's the only place where college graduates and high school dropouts serve with the same rank and privilege right here in the church. Why? Because we believe in equality in the church. There's also something unique, I hope you'll understand this, about the worship experience in the church. And this is where Asaph really got off because he was the worship leader. See, this is the only place where you can scream and don't nobody look at you like you're crazy. Oh yeah, you can just holler up in here. And, 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 and in fact, you'll start hollering and somebody else will look at you and start hollering too. That, that, that's, how, that's how it is. Let me tell you, can I let you in on a secret? Your worship experience would be better if you stopped trying to control it. 
if you stop trying to control it, if you will allow the Lord to control your worship experience, you will get a more full, more complete worship experience. But when you come in and you got to control all your emotions, when you got to control how you look and make sure your makeup is still good. I'm so glad people won't need makeup in heaven. Yeah, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Yeah, no YouTube videos of makeup in heaven. I'm so glad. Yeah, yeah, see, see, because cause, cause you can be your authentic self. Your authentic self, and, and that's what I want you to be in here. I want you to be your authentic self. You don't have to put on any airs or do anything. You don't have to worry about looking ugly when you cry. None of that. Just let it go. Let it go. And so I believe when you look at where Asaph was coming from and why he was struggling, why he was struggling, um, you'll understand why Asaph, and, and what I wanted to use as this quick central thought was I almost let go. I almost, I almost let go. And the reason Asaph could say I almost let go is because how many of you agree with me that life can be overwhelming? Life can be so overwhelming, yeah. And so you understand why Asaph would get his correction at verse 17 after going through a catalog of all the stuff he had seen. The reason is he discovered that life was overwhelming. I'm working hard. I'm doing what I know to serve the Lord. My mom and my daddy told me that serving the Lord was going to pay off after a while. Right now, it feels like I'm at an emotional and spiritual deficit. It doesn't seem like it's paying off. But you need to understand that that's just how life is. You, you see some people and you think everything's going well, but you don't know how they got to the place they are now. You don't understand what they've been through. How many of y'all will agree with me that you don't look like what you've been through? Raise your hand. Yeah. You don't look like it. Some, some of y'all look good to me, but I know good hadn't always come to you. I know you struggle and maybe struggling right now with some things because life can be overwhelming. You can put your best foot forward and get your toes stepped on. That's what happens when you do it. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It simply means that life can be overwhelming. He, he, he confesses in this, in this psalm, Asaph does, he confesses that at a certain period of his life, he almost lost his footing. He said, my foot had well nigh slipped. He almost lost his grip on his faith. Can I, can I tell you something? With all your soul and all your heart, hold on to your faith. Once you, once you find a relationship with the Lord, don't let life make you let go. All right? Because God won't let go. Christ will never let go of you. But I can tell you, I can point to you, many a person who has tried to let go of Christ, who have walked away from Christ, who've just given up on them, and they're just like nomads. They're wandering. They say, well, it's because this church, it's this church, the fellowship at this church just isn't good for me, and so I'm going to have to go to another church and find. But the problem ain't the church. The problem is them. All right, and so it doesn't matter what church they sit down in, they're going to still have the same problem. Then they say, well, it's Pastor Sparks. Pastor Sparks, well, he really don't minister to me. I, I can't learn from Pastor Sparks, and so I'm going to have to go listen and sit under somebody else where I, I can learn from, only to be sitting there for a few messages and realize, well, Pastor New, I really don't understand what Pastor New is talking about, and he ain't really speaking to me, and then they go to Pastor Next, and Pastor Next really ain't speaking to me, and I, I don't understand what Pastor Next is talking about. And then it's Pastor Finally. Pastor Finally, they go from new to next to finally, and they still can't find nobody. Next thing they know, Sunday, they at home watching bedside TV. And that's where they're going to church. They're just giving up. But the problem isn't Pastor Sparks. Though he's got his shortcomings. The pastor that's after Pastor Sparks isn't the problem. Though he's got his shortcomings. The pastor, the problem is you. Pastor 
can only do his part. If you don't bring him a bucket, he can't fill it up. If you don't come hungry, there's nothing he can put into it. It's not all on the preacher. You want me to be, what's those paddles that they put in the emergency room when you have coded and they, they say hit them? You want me to do that with your life every Sunday? You want me to shock you every Sunday? I can't shock you every Sunday. Some Sundays I just got to teach you. Some, some Sundays the message is for somebody else to get shocked. When I stop shocking you, you say you coded. You were coded and you left the church only to find out that the dead you were at this church, you're going to be the dead at another church. Life can be overwhelming. Stop trying to point the finger at other folk as the reason for your life being overwhelming. Hold on to your faith. Don't let go. Because Asaph almost let go. He, he, he knew just what brought him to the place of despair. And I bet if you go through and you do a forensic examination of your life, you can identify the things that have brought you to the place. Asaph messed up. He went walking around his neighborhood and he started looking and, and found some things that did not sit well with him. This is what almost made him fall from grace. He said, he said, I found out I was walking. Can I paraphrase? He said, in the Bible, it says he was envious. Can I just get straight? He was just green-eyed jealous of what was going on. He said, I'm looking at folk, and, and, and I see these folk don't care nothing about the Lord. And they balling. Oh, they live in large. They got everything. They, they ain't thinking about going to, to, to no church. They ride by the church in two and keep going on to wherever they're going. And life just seems to be throwing all prosperity to them. And I'm wondering why, Lord, I'm on your side. You got cattle on a thousand hills and I can't even get baloney. And yet this dude sitting over here, he eating everything he wants to all day long. He buying everything he wants to buy. And I know he's low down. Why? Because he's so prideful that he talks about how low down he is. He mistreats folk. And he laughs at them. And he got employees that he won't pay right. And yet he still keeps going up, up, up. I can't even, I'm working six days a week trying to get to you on the seventh day. He ain't working no days a week and vacationing on the other time. Why in the world, Lord, do the wicked continue to do well? And me, your, your servant, your faithful servant, seem to be struggling and suffering all the time. He said her eyes stand out with fatness. Now that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a picture right there. And they have more than their heart could wish. More than their heart could wish. I remember one Christmas, we were at a relative's house, and the relative was just as spoiled as he could be. He was, now, you know you spoiled, when other kids know you spoiled. You know, they look at you like, for real? He was like the fair-haired child in this area that he lived and like everybody in the community had to come and like pay obeisance to him. Uh, and I mean, he didn't really act that way, but it's just where his life was. He was born to older parents and they doted on him so much. One Christmas, he got four watches. Four, four brand new watches. Everybody came in, we got you a gift. You look at it, it's another watch. He'd open it and throw it to the side. He didn't even care about it. And yet, that's where his life was. And you sitting back saying, I didn't even get a watch. I didn't get I got a whistle. <laughs> and you're wondering, what has he done so well? So I want you to notice now, 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 go here with me if you will. I know you hold it. I know you've been living righteous, but every now and then you look over the fence 
and you wonder how other folk keep going up and getting up. You know, now be honest with yourself now. Don't sit here and be sanctified and sanctimonious on me because every one of us wonder, why do the wicked prosper year after year? Living so wicked. How in the world? ASAP had that kind of day, had that kind of situation, and that's what brought him to write this song. He, been, he said, Lord, I tithe. I tithe. I give back, not just the tithe, Lord, but I work hard for you. He said, I keep the Sabbath holy. I take care of my family. I reverence my parents. I do all the things that you say I need to do. And even though I've done all that, life seems to be overwhelming to me. And I can tell you this, not only can life be overwhelming, life can be outrageous. Oh, it can be outrageous. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I told you about all them folk who cheat people run over folk, language full of disdain, prideful cussing folk. And then he go back, he said, I see all these folk living out in this area of town, whatever area of town that is, where everybody seems to be doing well, not that everybody over there discounts God, but the ones I know who discount God live over in that area. And then I go back to my community and we can't hardly get nothing over here. You know, we on the other side of the tracks. And in fact, in fact, the police won't even come over here sometime when we call for them. And we, I know this house is over here full of good, hardworking, decent people who don't do nobody no harm. And I'm looking at the inequity in this law where you got folk who don't love you doing well and folk who do love you barely getting by. That's why he can look up and say, I almost gave up. And if you tell the truth, somebody in here been pretty close to it as well. You, you've been wanting to know what's all this about? What's all this? Why I got to keep going up in here time after time? Ain't nothing helping me up in here. But let me tell you what happened to Asaph. Asaph woke up one Sunday morning and his default kicked in. It's interesting, Reggie. No matter, once you get a contact with the Lord, you start establishing habits with him. And some of y'all been going to church all your life. And in fact, when you don't feel right is when you're not going to church. Yeah, you, that, that's, that's, that's in you. Yeah, you might stay away week after week after week. Every week you get up and don't go to church, you feel awful. You, you can't get past it. You might be having a great time doing what you're doing, but something in the back of your mind is saying, you ain't right. You ain't doing right. And one morning after walking through and seeing how tore up the situation was in both neighborhoods, after realizing that life had been overwhelming to him, and that life can also be out, out, outrageous, outrageous, not just outrageous, but outrageously unfair, his default kicked in. He woke up one Sunday morning and found himself going in his closet to pull out a suit. Probably didn't even understand what was going on, but he put his suit on and he got in the car. Even without having a GPS in it, the car knew how to get to, to United First Baptist, absolutely loving the Lord Church in the community. He found himself going there that day. And the car pulled up. He didn't even have to designate it. Pulled up in a spot that he had parked in before. And before you knew it, he was walking through the door. And he probably half expected somebody was going to say the magic word, where you been? But nobody said that. They said, good to see you, brother. See, because half the thing that keeps us from coming back to church after life has been so bad to us is fear that somebody's going to call you out for not coming to church in the first place. But he didn't get that. He got what we ought to give. That's why friendly shouldn't start at the pulpit. Friendly ought to start at the parking lot. Friendly ought to start at your parking lot. You ought to start worshiping before you get here so that by the time you get here, you're full of encouragement already. And when you see somebody, you're not indicting them. You're encouraging them. That's why when you see them, you can say, good to see you, brother. Nobody wants to be indicted soon as they hit the parking lot. They want to be welcomed and, and encouraged. And that morning, he got it. He got it. Somebody, somebody said, boy, it's good to see you. I love you. 
He came on in, and guess what? That feeling that you can only get when you come up in a church started going on. Somebody was on that organ over there, and he, they hit it. You know how they hit it in them revivals when you come in, and they hit it in this one of them loud sound. And he said, uh-oh, yeah, yeah, one of them. Yeah, he walked in, and, and the musician was playing his song playing his song and this man who almost let go this man who decided he was going to stop playing by God's rule almost started playing by his own his own rules you know you know what's funny what's funny about that is when Asaph was out there doing his thing when he decided I'm not going to play by God's rules anymore he was messed up see 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 because he had been exposed to the Lord you you put yourself in a bad position See, he thought he was having a good time some of those Sundays. He didn't come to church. But what he found out was that the fast lane had lost its luster. Yeah, yeah, I, I, he, couldn't, he, couldn't, he couldn't appreciate it anymore. His, he was all mixed up, found himself in a place when there was no reward for good and no pleasure for evil. Just couldn't, couldn't get it together. And the music started playing when he walked up in there, and, 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 and he remembered exactly why he had to come back because when he was out there in the world all that kept playing in the back of his mind about that world in life was bb king's song that's all he kept hearing everywhere he went he went back to the club that he went to bb king playing in the background he went back to see some of them friends that he was used to bb king playing in the back yeah all he kept hearing was the thrill is gone yeah the thrill is gone away that's all he kept hearing everywhere he went. See, you can't get no joy with the devil when you tasted the Lord. You, you just can't get it. You can't get it. It won't do it for you anymore. And so he found himself walking back up in there, even though, Anthony, he almost, almost, almost let go. Almost let go. He found himself walking back up in the church, and that, that old familiar song was playing that Sabbath morning. And, and then, you know, he, he probably didn't expect too much. He, like anybody else, didn't want to get his hopes high, even though he had been greeted well in the parking lot. He said, Ah, oh, when I go back up in there, them deacons going to be praying them same old song. That preacher going to be preaching that same old sermon. And the choir going to stand up and sing one of them same old. Wait a minute now. I remember that song. Yeah, yeah, see, see, it caught him. He was ripe for change. And just when you think things aren't going well, put yourself in a place where God can talk to you and nobody but you. Now, I know you can do that in your recliner. I know you can do that in your car, but there ain't no place to talk to God like in this sanctuary. And so he said in verse 17, until I went back to church, came and sat down and, 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 and the choir stood up and I don't know why Reggie and T had him singing that Sunday. Somebody stood up and said, why should I feel discouraged? And his ears peaked up and, 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 and why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely and long for a heavenly home? And I believe somebody in here understands it when the song singer says, when Jesus is my portion. Anybody in here know that a constant friend, a constant friend is he. Asaph had forgotten, but he was reminded that morning, Tony, that his eye is on the sparrow. No matter what these other folk got, his eye is still on the sparrow. And if his eye is on the sparrow, then I know I have every confidence. I'm certain if he's watching a little bitty bird, he watching me. Didn't help that after the song Singer sat down, the preacher got up and reminded the church that you ought not fret because of evildoers. No, 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 no. Nor should you be envious of the workers of iniquity. For they're going to be cut down. 
like the grass and they will wither as the green herb. Preacher preached that. Asaph felt something steer. Yeah, life will bring about a change, but you got to put yourself in a place so that that change could come. I came to remind you of the words of Scripture when Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. I want you to know, he said, if you believe in God, believe also in me. I told him yesterday, in my father's house, a many, can I, can, I, can I clarify, teaching moment, in my father's house are many dwellings. Many dwellings. Yeah, you don't have to have a mansion in heaven. No, no, you just want to get up in heaven. Yeah, yeah, you just want a tent in heaven. Yeah, Lord, if, I, if you got a pup tent in heaven for me, I'm ready. Then he doubled down and said, if it wasn't the truth, I wouldn't have told you. He said, I got a place for you. Whatever the particulars are of Asaph's experience that day, he got a wake-up call from the Lord. I don't know all the songs, but I believe it would have gone something like we just had. And somebody in here made it to church this morning, and you almost had let go. But the Lord said, come on here in, in the first, come on here first thing this morning. Now, now, this might not have been the let go morning. Maybe you were two or three Sundays away from really letting go, but it's in your mind. And I, I came to arrest that negative development and let you know that God loves you. He knows about your circumstances. He knows your situation. He has not overlook you and he certainly hasn't stopped looking out for you the wheels are turning your change is coming a new day is ahead for you I don't know if you're the very next one in line but I can tell you you are in the queue and the blessing is coming for you it's all right somebody else might be at the head of the line today but you are on the way the lord has got your blessing coming for you don't give up don't 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 give in don't quit on god because i guarantee you i'm here to tell you he will not quit on you he won't quit on you asap came to the end of this song by writing Nevertheless, he said, so foolish was I and ignorant. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Though thou hast holden me by my right hand, thou shalt guide me with thy counsel and afterward receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. The Lord is telling you, don't give up. The Lord is telling you, I love you. The Lord has sent you so many wonderful reminders of how good he's been to you. Can I tell you? He's still blessing us, 45th Street. Yeah. He sent us a blessing called Marche. Amen. He's blessing us. See, sometimes we only look in our house for how good God has been to us, but I can look all around this congregation, and I bet I can go down every pew and tell you how good God has been to this church congregation. I don't have to stop today. We can come back tomorrow. You can sit down again, and I can tell you something else God has done in your life. And I've been on the outside looking in your life. If I've been on the outside looking in your life, you are right there in the middle of it. You ought to be able to give God some glory for how good he's been to you. But I, I want you to know, in case you've forgotten, in case you've forgotten, Miss Cole, in case you've forgotten, Miss Shauna, I want to tell you, it's almost like that Oprah show. You get a savior. You get a savior. 
You get a savior. You get a savior. Everybody in the sanctuary today can go home with a savior and it's one that's just for you. Everybody in here. He sent a savior for every one of us. His name is Jesus. Yeah, he's just for you. Just for you. Whatever your situation is, he's ready to take care of it for you. Do you know him? Have you given your life to him? Have you accepted him as your savior? It's interesting. I bet if we went back and looked at the reviews on that show where Oprah gave everybody in the audience a car, everybody in her audience got a brand new car that day. I bet if we went back and dissected the, the data, Shelby, it would blow your mind that some of those folks, even though they were given the car, they left it there. They didn't take it with them. No, 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 they didn't take the car with them, why? Some of them probably didn't take it because they didn't know how to drive, Mason. As if they couldn't learn how to drive. I, I, I bet some of them left it there because even though they gave them the car, they probably had to pay some taxes on it. And so they thought the cost was too much for them to pay the taxes. Some of them left it there simply because they thought it was a trick. And they walked out and it wasn't until they got back home that they realized it wasn't a trick. It was too late then to take advantage of it. They probably spent the next week trying to call back saying, I want my car. Some of them weren't paying attention. Didn't understand what was happening that day. I didn't come to trick you. I didn't come to fool you. The entire price for this gift has been paid. There is nothing left for you to do except Accept the gift. Believe in the giver of the gift. If you do that, then you can take a savior home with you today. Do you know him? Have you accepted him? While Reg and T sing a song, I'm inviting you today, if you haven't been baptized, to show your public display of faith to do so, accept him. Be ready to come back to the church family. Today is the day. If you need a new church family, today is the day. Whatever the situation, the doors are open right now. Come on.